Okay. I don't know. I think I may have had it muted. I don't know. Let me see. My, yeah, is my microphone working? I think it is now. Hold on. Can you hear me? Um, let me see what's going on. Well, I know my mic is working on TikTok. I got to see why my mic is not working. Um, oh, hold on. Let me see if that... Okay, that fixed it. I had the wrong microphone on. Okay, yep, that, that fixed it. it. I, had I didn't even notice I had the wrong microphone on. Anyways, today I want to discuss about the Idaho University Slings. Wow, that was insane. All right. I had a um hold on a second. All righty. Oh, dang. Okay, there we go. Okay, that's not going to work. Um, I'm gonna have to create um I'm gonna have to create a new one because the one that I had mysteriously somehow accidentally got deleted for my thumbnail.
I'm going to have to create a new thumbnail because of the fact that I don't know what happened to my thumbnail that I had created. Somehow it got deleted off my phone. Oh, wait. Okay. I have to email it to myself because somehow it got deleted. Mm -mm. Okay. But that's fine. I'm going to go through all the affidavits, the court documents, everything. Um, let me create a new file because um, that's what I do best. I like to stay organized. Oh, wait. I already have a file. Where does it say I got a Oh, there's my file. I forgot I already created one. I like to stay organized. Organized. Let's see what this is. Is that my photo? Yep. I thought I renamed it. Mm -hmm. Thumbnail. Coburger's thumbnail. Coburger case. Thumbnail. There we go. Alright, let me upload this to YouTube real quick. Oh, whew, not even on my live. Hi. Hello, everybody. I am live on TikTok, too. Gonna update my thumbnail. I don't need a new folder. I guess I can keep that new folder there just in case I need it. All files. Okay, today I'm going to be discussing the Idaho slings of the four university students, Kaylee Goncalves, uh, I think Goncalves, I think that's how you pronounce it, Ethan Chapin, um, Zana Canodal, and Madison Mogan, which were killed on November 13, 2020-22, at an off-campus house at the University of Idaho. There we go. My thumbnail has been changed. Hi.
Hi, hi, how are you? Today I'm going to go through all the um, court cases. Um, In the court cases going on in the state of Ohio versus Brian C. Kohlberg. Or, like, I want to discuss everything. Like, the court documents, the search warrants, the affidavits, everything. Like, I got um, access to the state of Ohio, Idaho. I don't know why I was about to say Ohio. Judicial branch court website and I'm getting ready to get down to the nitty gritty of everything. <laughs> so everybody's already I don't know what I did with my water. I might have to go get me my water. Hold on a second. Alrighty. I got my water. So I'm going to be discussing the murder of the of the four university um, Idaho students. Um, they were killed in the early hours of November 13, 2022. Um. It either could be uh, killing a passion, which that's the way I feel it was personally, or some type of thrill kill. But I personally feel it was a kill a passion because it seems like he was really obsessed with her because um, he was following a few of the students. Um, on Instagram, even though it hasn't been proven in court as of yet or by the police that they were his accounts. But it's a slim possibility that they allegedly belonged to him. And he allegedly had photos of the victims in his cell phone. But I am going to go through the entire um case summary documents because I know a lot of people want to know about them and don't have access to them or haven't gotten access to them but first and foremost like I want to go over the affidavit um this is probably going to end up being a long podcast episode because um I'm going to be discussing all this so here is the um, affidavit, which it says, The below information is provided by Brett Payne, who is duly appointed, qualified, and acting peace officer with in the county of Latal, state of Idaho. Brett Payne is employed by Moscow Police Department in the official capacity or position of corporal 
and has been a trained and qualified um, peace officer approximately four years. CPL Payne is being assisted by members of the Idaho State Police and agents of the Federal Borough of Investigation. So, on November 13, 2020, at approximately 4 p.m., the Moscow Police Department, um, Sergeant Blanker and him responded to uh, 1122 11, 20, King Road, Moscow, Idaho, um, here after the King Road residents to assist with the scene security and processing of a crime scene associated with four homicide. Upon their arrival, the Idaho State Police um, forensic team was on scene and was preparing to begin processing the scene. MPD officers Smith, one of the initial responding officers of the incident, advised he would walk him through the, the scene. Um, official Smith and him entered the King residence and through the bottom floor down. Um, hold on, I have something in my lips. Through the bottom floor door on the north side of the building. Um, Smith and him walked upstairs to the second floor. Smith directed him down the hallway to the west bedroom on the second floor, which he later learned through Xana's driver's license and other personal belongings found in the room that it was Xana Kernertle's, um, room. Just before this room, there was a bathroom door on the south wall of the hallway and as he approached the room, he could see a body later identified as Kernodal's laying on the floor. Colonel was deceased with wounds, which appeared to have been caused by an edged weapon. Also in the room was a male later identified as Ethan Chapin. Hereafter, Chapin was deceased with wounds later determined. Autopsy reported provided by Spokane County Medical Examiner. Dated December 15, 2022, to be caused by sharp force injuries. He then followed um, Smith upstairs to the third floor of the residence. The third floor consisted of two bedrooms and one bathroom. The bedroom on the west side of the floor was later determined to be Kaylee Goncalves. I might not be pronouncing that right. But they were able to determine that was her room. And, um, he later learned from review of Officer Nunian's body camera, there was a dog in the room where Moscow police officer initially responded. The dog belonged to her and her ex-boyfriend, Jack, um, Duncour. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I found out, um, from my interview with Jack Duncour on November 13, 2022, that he and her shared the dog. And then the officer, or Smith, pointed out a small bathroom on the east side of the third floor. The bathroom shared a wall with Madison Mogan's hereafter, Mogan's bedroom, which was um, situated on the southeast corner of the third floor. As he entered the room, he could see two females in a single bed in the room. 
Um, both Goncalves and Mogan were deceased with visible stab wounds. Um, he was able to later notice what appeared to be a tan leather knife sheath laying on the bed next to Mogan's right side when viewed from the door. The sheath was later processed and had Kabar, USMC, and the United States Marine Corps Eagle Globe and Anchor Insignia stamped on the outside of it. The Idaho State Lab later located a single source of male DNA. They made a suspect profile left on the bottom snap of the knife sheath. Um, as part of the investigation, numerous interviews were conducted by Moscow Police Department officers, Idaho State Police detectives, and FBI agents. Two of the interviews included BF and DM. Both the BF and DM were inside the King Road residence at the time of the homicide and were roommates to the boyfriend or best friend. It could be either B BF's or boyfriend. I don't know. Best friend's room was located on the east side of the floor, first floor of the King Road residence. I'm doing good. So, based on numerous interviews conducted by the MPD officers, um, the ISP detectives and FBI agents, as well as his review of evidence, um, he learned the following. On the evening of November 12, 2022, Chapin and Colonel are seen by BF at the Sigma Chi, Chi or Chi house. It was Chi, that's how you pronounce it. Of the University of Idaho campus at 735 Nez Perce Driven. Let's see. Let me move this down so I can read it properly because I have it really high up in the air. Okay, so Chapin and Colonel were seen by BF at the Sigma Chi House of the on the University of Idaho campus at 735 Nez Perce Drive from approximately 9 p.m. on November 12th at 1:45 um, a.m. on November 13th. BF also estimated that at approximately 1:45 a.m. Chapin and Colonel returned to the King Road residence. BF, I guess that's the initials that they're using for the person because they just don't want to release it to the public. Also stated that Chapin did not live in the King Road residence but was a guest of Carnoodle. Yeah, so they initiated the person as BF. Gon Calvis and Mogan were at a local bar, the Cornell Club at 202 North Main Street in Moscow. Um, they were seen on a video footage provided by the Corner Club between 10 p.m. Um, on November 12th and 1.30 a.m. on November 13th. At approximately 1.30 a.m., they could be seen on video at a local food vendor called the Grub Truck at 318 South Main Street in downtown Moscow. The Grub Truck live streamed video from their food truck on the streaming platform Twitch, which is available for public viewing on their website. This video was then captured by law enforcement, a private party, and then they got this whited out, so they're not going to release that to the public. Reported that he provided a ride to... Oh, 
that's the Uber driver, provided a ride to them at approximately 1.56 a.m. from downtown Moscow in front of the grub truck to the King Roadside's residence. DM and BF both made statements during interviews that indicated the occupants of the King Road residence were at home by 2 a.m. and asleep or at least in their rooms by approximately 4 a.m. This is the exception of Cronodal who received a DoorDash order at the residence at approximately 4 a.m. Law enforcement identified the DoorDash delivery driver who reported this information. DM stated she originally went to sleep in her bedroom on the southeast side of the second floor. DM stated she was awoken at approximately 4 a.m. by what stated um, sounded like um, Goncalves. I don't know if it's Goncalves or Goncalves, but I think it's Goncalves. Playing with her dog in one of the upstairs bedrooms which were located on the third floor. A short time later, DM said she heard um, who she thought was her saying something to the effect of there's someone here. A review of records obtained from a forensic download of Kernoodle's phone showed this could have been um, Kernoodle. As her cellular phone indicated, she was likely awake and using the TikTok app at approximately 4.12 a.m. DM stated she looked out of her bedroom but did not see anything when she heard the d- comment about someone being in the house. DM stated she opened her door a second time when she heard what she thought was crying coming from Colonel's room. DM then said she heard a male voice say something to the effect of it. It's okay. I'm going to help you. At approximately 4.17 a.m. A security camera located at 1112 King Road. A residence immediately to the northwest of um, that address on King Road. Picked up distorted audio of what sounded like voices or a whimper followed by a loud thug, thud. A dog can also be heard barking numerous times starting at 4.17 a.m. The security camera is less than 50 feet from the west wall of Colonel's bedroom. Um, DM stated she opened her door for the third time after she heard the crying and saw a figure clad in black clothing and a mask that covered the person's mouth and nose walking towards her DM described the figure as 5'10 or taller male, not very muscular, but athletically built with bushy eyebrows. The male walked um, past DM as she stood in a frozen shock phase. The male walked towards the back sliding glass door. DM locked herself in her um, room after seeing the male. DM did not state she recognized the male. This leads investigators to believe that the murderer left the scene. The combination of DM statements of law enforcement, reviews of forensic downloads of records from BF and DM's phone, and video of a suspect, a video as described below, leads investigators to believe the homicides occurred between 4 a.m. and 4.25 a.m. During the processing of the crime scene, investigators found a latent shoe print. This was located during the second processing of the crime scene by the 
um, forensic team by first using a presumptive blood test and then amino black, a protein stain that detects the presence of cellular material. The detected shoe print showed a diamond-shaped pattern similar to the pattern of a Vans-type shoe sole um, just outside the door of DM's bedroom located on second floor. This is consistent with DM's statement regarding the suspect's path of travel. As part of the investigation, an extensive search commonly referred to in law enforcement as video canvas was conducted in the area of the King Road residence. This video canvas was to obtain any footage from the early morning hours of November 13, 2022 in the area of the King Road residence and surrounding neighborhoods in an effort to locate the suspects or suspect vehicles traveling to or leaving from the King Road residence. This video canvas resulted in the collection of numerous surveillance videos in the area from both residential and business addresses. Um, he reviewed numerous videos that were collected and had had conversations with other officers, detectives, and um, that are, were ISP detectives and FBI agents that are similarly reviewing footage that was obtained. A review of camera footage indicated that a white sedan hereafter suspect vehicle one was observed traveling westbound in the 700 block of Indian Hills driven in Moscow at approximately 3:26 a.m. and westbound on Steiner Avenue at Idaho State Highway 95 in Moscow at approximately 3:28 a.m. on this video appeared suspect Video was not displaying a front license plate. A review for multiple videos obtained from the King Road neighborhood showed multiple sightings of su the suspect's vehicle starting at 3.29 a.m. and ended at 4.20 a.m. These sightings showed the suspect's vehicle making an additional three passes by the 1122 King Road residence and then leave via Wallenta Drive. Based off of his experience as a patrol officer, this is a residential neighborhood with a very limited number of vehicles that travel in the area during the early morning hours. Upon review of the video, there were only a few cars that entered to exit this area um, during this time frame. The suspect's video, uh, vehicle, not vehicle, I'm still a little bit tired, sorry, can be seen entering the area of four-time uh, at approximately 4.04 a.m., it can be seen driving eastbound on King Road, stopping and turning around in front of 500 Queen Road, uh, number 52, and then driving back westbound on King Road. When suspect vehicle 1 is in the front of the King Road residence, it appeared to unsuccessfully attempt to park or, or turn around in the road. The vehicle then continued to the intersection of Queen Road and King Road where it can be seen completing a three-point turn and then driving eastbound again down Queen Road. The suspect's vehicle was next seen departing the area of King Road residence at approximately 4.20 a.m. 
at a high rate of speed. The suspect's vehicle um, was next observed traveling southbound on Wallenta Drive. Based on his knowledge of the area and review of camera footage in the neighborhood that does not show the suspect's vehicle during that time frame, he believes that the suspect's vehicle um, likely exited the neighborhood at Palouse River Drive and Conestoga Drive. Palouse River Drive is at the southern edge of Moscow and proceeds into Whitman County, Washington. Eventually, the road leads to Pullman, Washington. Pullman, Washington is approximately 10 miles from Moscow, Idaho. Both Pullman and Moscow are small college towns and people commonly travel back and forth between them. Law enforcement officers provided video footage of suspects vehicle to forensic examiners with the FBI that regularly utilize surveillance footage to identify the year, make a model of an unknown vehicle that observed by one or more cameras during the commission of a criminal offense. The forensic examiner had approximately 35 years of law enforcement experiment, not experiment, experience. Gosh, I really am not getting my words right today, but that's all right. With 12 years at the FBI, his specific training includes identifying unique characteristics of vehicles, and he uses a database that gives a visual clues of vehicles across state to identify differences between vehicles. I am discussing about the Idaho four slings. I'm going through all the court documents and discussing more after that. After reviewing the numerous observations of, of the suspect's vehicle, the forensic examiner initially believed that suspect's car was a 2011-2013 Honda Elantra. Upon further review, he indicated it could be also a 2011-2016 Honda Elantra. As a result, investigators have been reviewing information on persons in possession of a vehicle that is a 2011 to 2016 white Honda Elantra. Investigators were given access um, to video footage on the Washington State University campus located in Pullman, Washington, a review of that video indicated that approximately 2.44 a.m. on November 13, 2022, a white sedan, which was consistent with the description of the white Elantra known as Suspect Vehicle 1, was observed on WSU surveillance cameras traveling north on Southeast Nevada Street at Northeast Stadium Way. At approximately 2.53 a.m., a white sedan which is consistent with the description of the white Elantra known as uh, the suspect's vehicle, was observed traveling southeast on Nevada Street in Pullman, Washington, towards um, SR-270. SR-270 connects Pullman, Washington, to Moscow, Idaho. This camera footage from Pullman, Washington, was provided to FBI uh, to the same FBI forensic examiner, identified the vehicle observation in Pullman, Washington as being a 2014-2016 Honda Elantra. 
At approximately 5.25 a.m., a white sedan, which was consistent with the description of the suspect vehicle, was observed on five cameras in Pullman, Washington, and on SW University campus cameras. The first camera that recorded the white sedan was located at 1300 Johnson Road in Pullman. The white sedan was observed traveling northbound on Johnson Road. Johnson Road leads directly back to West Palouse River Drive in Moscow, which intersects with Conestoga Drive. The white sedan um, was then observed turning north on Bishop Boulevard and northwest on SR270. At approximately 5.27 a.m., the white launcher was observed on camera traveling northbound on Stadium Way at Nevada Street, Stadium Way at Grimesway, Stadium Drive, Wilson Road at Stadium Way at Cougar Way. And um, they put some photos up here, which maybe I should see about. Including them. But on November 25th, um, 2022, MPD asked um, area law enforcement agency to be on the lookout for a white Hyundai Elantras in the area on November 29, 2022 at approximately 12.28 a.m. Washington State University police officer Daniel Tiango quarried white Elantras registered at WSU. As a result of that quarry, he located a 2015 Elantra with a Pennsylvania license plate LFZ-8649. This vehicle was registered to Brian Koberger. Hereafter, Koberger residing at 1630 Northeast Valley Road, apartment 201, Pullman, Washington, 1630 Northeast Valley Road, is approximately three-quarters of a mile from the intersection of Stadium Way and Cougar Way. The last camera located that picked up the white Elantra. The same day at approximately 12.58 a.m., WSU officer Curtis Whitman was looking for the white Honda Elantra and located a 2015 white um, Honda Elantra at 1630 Northeast Valley Road in Pullman in the parking lot. 1630 Northeast Valley Road is an apartment complex at the house's um, SWU students. I'm on page 10. Okay, so I'm on page 10 of 18, so that's good. <laughs> so, Whitman also ran um, the car, and it returned to Kohlberger with the Washington tag. They reviewed Koberger's um, Washington State driver's license information and photograph. The license indicated uh, Koberger is a white male with a six foot and weighs 185 pounds. Additionally, the photograph of Koberger shows that he was bushy eyebrows. Koberger's physical description is consistent. With the description of the male DM saw inside the King Road residence on November 13th. Further investigation, um, including a review of Latal County Sheriff's Deputy CPL Duke's body cam and report, showed 
that on August 21st, 2022, Brian Kohlberger was detained as part of a traffic stop that occurred in Moscow, Idaho by CPL Duke. At the time, Kohlberger, who was the sole occupant, was driving a white 2015 Honda Elantra with Pennsylvania plate LFZ-8649, which was set to expire on November 30th, 2022. During the stop, which was recorded via law enforcement's body camera, Kohlberger provided his phone number and then um, his cellular telephone number. Investigators conducted electronic database queries and learned that the 8458 uh, phone is a number issued by AT&T. On October 14, 2022, Brian Kohlberg was detained as part of a traffic stop by a WSU police officer. Upon review of the body cam and reported of the stop, Kohlberger was also so occupant and was driving a white 2015 Honda Elantra with Pennsylvania plate LFZ-8649. According um, to this affidavit on November 18, 2022, according to Washington State Licensing, Kohlberger registered the 2015 White Elantra with Washington and later received a Washington plate CFB-8708. Prior to this time, the 2015 White Elantra was registered in Pennsylvania, which does not require front license plates to be displayed. This was learned through communications with a Pennsylvania officer who is currently certified in the state of Pennsylvania. Based on his own experience and communication with Washington law enforcement, he knows that Idaho and Washington require front and back license plates to be displayed. Um, the investigators believe that Koberger was still driving the 2015 Wine Elantra because his vehicle was captured on December 13, 2022 by a license plate reader in Loma, Colorado. Information provided by a query to database, Koberger's Elantra was then queried on December 15, 2022 by law enforcement in Hancock County, Indiana on December 16th. 2022 at approximately 2.26 p.m. surveillance video show Kohlberger's Elantra in Albrightsville, Pennsylvania. The sole occupant of the vehicle was a white male whose description was consistent with Kohlberger. Kohlberger um, has family in Albrightsville, Pennsylvania. Learned through a Tilo search And uh, locate tool database query based on information provided on the S. I mean the WSU website. Koberger was currently a PhD student in criminology at Washington State University, pursuant to records provided by a member of the interview panel for Pullman Police Department. They learned that Kohlberger's past education included undergraduate degrees in psychology and cloud-based forensics. These records also show Kohlberger wrote an essay when he applied for an internship with the police Pullman department in the fall of 2022. Kohlberger wrote in his essay he had interest in assisting rural law enforcement agencies with how to better collect and analyze technology, data, and police safety operations. Kohlberger also posted a Reddit survey 
which can be found um, by an open search internet search. The survey asked for participants to provide information to understand how emotions and psychological traits influence decision making when committing a crime. As part of this investigation, law enforcement obtained search warrants to determine cellular devices that utilize cellular towers in close proximity to the King Road residence on November 13, 2022, between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. After determining that Koberger was associated to both the 2015 White Elantra and the 8458 phone, Investigators reviewed the search warrant returns. A quarry of the 8458 phone in these returns did not show the, 84, the 8458 phone utilizing cellular tower resources in close proximity to the King Road residence between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. I'm going to get a drink of water real quick. <laughs> Based on his training experience and conversations with law enforcement officers that specialized in the utilization of cellular telephone records as part of investigation includes can either leave their cellular telephone at a different location before committing a crime or tune their cellular telephone off prior to going to a location to commit a crime. This is done by subjects in an effort to avoid alerting law enforcement that a cellular device associated with them was in a particular area where a crime is committed. And they also know that on numerous occasions, subjects will surveil an area where they intend to commit a crime prior to the date of the crime. Depending on the circumstances, this can be done a few days before or for several months prior to the commission of a crime. During these types of surveillance, it's possible that an individual would not leave their cellular telephone at a separate location or turn it off since they do not plan to commit the offenses on that particular day, which is actually accurate. On December 23rd, 2022, um, he applied for and was granted a search warrant for historical phone records between November 12, 2022 at 12 a.m. and November 4th at 12 a.m., for the 8458 phone held by phone provider AT&T approximately 24 hour preceding and following the times of the homicides. On December 13, 2022, pursuant to the search warrant, he received records for the 8458 phone from AT&T. These records indicated that the 8458 phone is subscribed to Brian Kohlberger at an address in Albright's, Pennsylvania. And the account has been opened since June 23rd, 2022. These records also included historical cell site location information for the 8458 phone. After receiving this information, I consulted with FBI special agent. This is certified as a member of the cellular analyst survey team, which is called CAST. Member of CAST are certified with the FBI to provide expert testimony in the field of historical CSLI and are required to pass extensive training that includes both written and practical 
examinations prior to be certified with CAS as well as the completion of yearly certification requirements. Additionally, the FBI CAS essay that he consulted with has over 15 years of federal law enforcement experience, which includes six years with the FBI. From information provided by CAS, he was able to determine estimated locations for the 8458 phone from November 12th to 2022 to November 13, 2022, the time period authorized by the court. On November 13, 2022, at approximately 2.42 a.m., the 8458 phone was utilizing cellular resources that provided coverage to 1630 Northeast Valley Road, apartment G201, Pullman, Washington, here after the Kohlberger residence at approximately 2.47 a.m., the 8458 um, phone utilized cellular resources that provide coverage southeast of the Coburger residence consistent with the 8458 phone leaving the Coburger residence and traveling south through Pullman, Washington. This is consistent with the movement of the white Elantra. At approximately 2.47 a.m., the 8458 phone stops reporting to the network, which is consistent with either the phone being in an area without cellular coverage, the connection to the network is disabled, such as putting the phone in airplane mode, or that the phone is turned off. The 8458 phone does not report to the network again until approximately 4.48 a.m., at which time it utilized cellular resources that provide coverage to id state highway 95 south of moscow id near blaine id north of genesee between 4 50 a.m and 5 26 a.m the phone it utilizes cellular resources that are consistent with the 8458 phone traveling south on id state 95 to Genesee ID, then traveling west towards the unknown. Oh, Uniontown. I don't know why I said unknown. I was looking at my chat. <laughs> and then back to into Pullman, Washington. At approximately 5.30 a.m., the 8458 phone is utilizing resources that provide coverage to Pullman, Washington, and consistent with the phone traveling back to the Culver residence. The 8458 phone movements are consistent with the uh, movements of the white Elantra that is observed traveling north on Stadium Drive at approximately 5.27 a.m. Based on a review of the 8458 phone's estimated location and travel, the 8458 phone travel is consistent with that of the white Elantra. Upon further review, it indicated that that phone number utilize cellular resources on November 13, 2022 that are consistent with the, the phone leaving the area of Coburger's residence at approximately 9 a.m. traveling to Moscow, Idaho, specifically that the phone utilized cellular resources that would provide coverage to the King Road residence between 9.12 a.m. and 9.21 a.m., um, the phone next utilized cellular resources that are consistent with the phone um, travel, the phone number traveling back to the area of the Kohlberger residence and arriving to the area at approximately 9.32 a.m. 
Um, they made a description of the possible route taken based off the cellular site locations. Let me see if I can. Oh, wait. Um. All right. Based on his training experience and the fact of the investigation thus far, he believes that Koberger, the user of the phone, was likely the driver of the white Elantra that is observed depart in Pullman, Washington, and that this vehicle is likely suspect vehicle one. Um, additionally, the route of the travel of the phone during the day, morning hours of November 13, 2022, and the lack of the 8458 phone reporting to AT&T between 2.47 a.m. and 4.48 a.m. is consistent with Kohlberg attempting to conceal his location during the quadruple homicide that occurred at King Road residence. On November, uh, no, 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 on December 23rd, 2022, he was granted a search warrant for Kohlberg's historical CSLI from June 23rd, 2022 to current prospective location in efforts to determine if Kohlberger stalked any of the victims in the case prior to the offense, conducted surveillance on the King Road resident, was in contact with any of the victim's associates before or after the alleged offense, any locations that may contain evidence of the murders that occurred on November 13, 2022, the location of the white Elantra registered to Kohlberger, as well as the location in of Koberger on December 23rd, 2022, pursuant to that search warrant, they received a historical records for the phone from AT&T from the time account was open in June 2022. After consulting with Cass SA, he was able to determine the estimated locations of the phone from June 22nd to present, the time period authorized by the court. The quartz for the phone show that the, the phone utilizing cellular resources that provide coverage to the area of 11-2022 King Road on at least 12 occasions prior to November 13, 2022. All these occasions except for one occurred in late evening and early morning hours of their respective days. On um, one of these locations... On August 21st, 2022, the cell phone utilized cellular services providing coverage to the King Road residents from approximately 10.34 p.m. to 11.35 p.m. At approximately 11.37 p.m., Koberger was stopped by Lata County um, Sheriff's Department, or no, Sheriff's Deputy, sorry, uh, Corporal Duke, as mentioned above. The phone was utilizing cellular resources consistent with the location of the traffic stop during this time, Farm Rome and Pullman Highway. Further analysts of the cellular data provided um, showed the phone utilized cellular resources on November 13, 2022, consistent with the phone traveling from Pullman, Washington to Lewiston, Idaho via U.S. Highway. 195 at approximately 12:36 p.m. The phone utilizes um, cellular resources that would provide coverage to Cape Cups of 
Joe Coffee Stand at it was located at 810 Port Drive, Clarkson, Washington. Surveillance footage from the U.S. Chess Store located at 820 Port Drive, Clarkson, Washington. Adjacent to Kate's Cup, Joe showed a white Elantra consistent with the suspect vehicle drive past um, Kate's Cup. Uh, Joe at the time consistent with the cellular data from the phone. At approximately 12.46 p.m., the phone then utilized cellular data in the area of Albertson Grocery Store at 400 Bridge Street in Clarkson, Washington. Surveillance footage obtained from the Albertson shows Coburger exit the white Elantra consistent with suspects vehicle at approximately 12.49 p.m. Interior surveillance cameras show Coburger walk through the store. Purchase unknown items at the checkout and leave approximately at 1.04 p.m. Coburger's possible path of travel. Um, they made a depiction. Maybe I should have added these photos in there as well. Additional analysis of records for the 8458 phone indicated that between approximately 5.32 p.m. and 5.36 p.m. The phone utilized cellular resources that provided coverage to Johnson's ID. The phone then stopped reporting to the network from approximately 5.36 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. That is consistent with the phone being in the area at the um, phone traveled in the hours immediately following the suspected time the homicides occurred. And then on December 27, 2022, Pennsylvania agents recovered the trash from the Kohlberger family residence located in Albert's Pennsylvania. The evidence was sent to the Idaho State Lab for testing on December 28, 2022. The Idaho State Lab reported that a DNA profile obtained from the trash and the DNA profile obtained from the sheath identified a male as not being excluded as the biological father of a suspect profile. At least 99.9998% of the male population would be expected to be excluded from the possibility of being the suspect's biological father based on the above information and the officer was requesting an arrest warrant to be issued for brian c Koberger, um date of birth 11 1994 for burglary at the 11 king street in moscow idaho and four counts of murder in the first degree of the murders of madison mogan kaylee gun Calves and Zana Kernodal and Ethan Chapman. And then um, he signed it, you know, just sworn under a penalty of perjury to the law of the state of Idaho that the foregoing is true and correct. The reason why this is important is because of the fact that um, the arrest affidavit is something that you always want to know. Like, you want to know what happened to where the police was able to get to that point of being able to arrest a suspect. Like, you want to know if they have the evidence of the suspect that they think committed the crime. So, knowing the affidavit of a case is very important. I know it was very long. It was 18 pages. But, um... They even have the probable cause order... That um, was a document. Let's see. 
The court finds probable cause to believe the defendant committed the crime shown above and then a warrant of arrest shall be issued setting um, bail in the amounts of no bail. They requested no bail. And then they had the official arrest warrant, which just basically in details that to any of the law enforcement of the state of Idaho, information under oath having been presented to, um, this is like the judge, Idaho Code Section 18, like burglary, murder in the first degree, murder, like four counts of murder in the first degree, had been committed in accusing Brian C. Koberger. Um, thereof, you are ordered to arrest and bring the defendant before the court at 522 South Adams Street, Moscow County um, of Utah State or Idaho. Or in the case of my absence or inability to act or the defendant is arrested outside of this county before the nearest available magistrate within the judicial district where the defendant is arrested. So they did grant a no bell and um it was basically granted to the sheriff of the county and they had some information that was redacted and then also whenever you are um Arrested, you have the right to remain silent or you can speak. And the next document was about the in of uh, the invocation of rights. Um, he did invoke his rights to remain silent and to counsel, which you know you can obtain those rights, which is pursuant to the fifth, sixth, and fourteenth amendments of the United States Constitution and Article One, Section Thirteen of the Idaho Constitution. With respect to any and all questioning or interrogation. So by law you don't have to talk to law enforcement. Even if they want to talk to you. Um, even regardless of the subject matter. You know about anything they want to talk to you about. But not limited to matters that may bear on. Relate to arrest searches and seizures. Bail, pretrial release or detention. Evidence at trial, guilt or innocent forfeitures. Or that may be relevant to sentencing enhanced punishment factors applicable under the Idaho Code to punishment, restitution, immigration status, or consequences resulting from arrest, conviction, appeals, or other post-trial proceedings, um, and so on. Like, knowing about all this information about the law is um, important. They even had a um, limited notice of appearance, motion to preserve crime scene and evidence, order to preserve crime scene and evidence, noted, uh, notice of defendant arrested in foreign jurisdiction. So they that was on... Can barely read their handwriting. Notice defendant arrested in foreign jurisdiction. He certifies that he's the custodian of a warrant of arrest for the person of the above named defendant. 
I have been informed by a foreign state law enforcement agency that said defendant has been arrested in the state of Pennsylvania on the warrant. Attached to this notice is a copy of the law enforcement advisory teletype, which um, certifies the defendant was arrested on December 30th, 2022 in Monroe County, state of Pennsylvania. Um, they had a stipulation for non-dissemination order. Um, he had an attorney, Ann C. Taylor, which was a public defender, and J. Weston and Longs Weston Longston, Chief Deputy Litigation in Latah County. Prosecutor William W. Thompson Jr. Which they were trying to minimize the effects of prejudicial pretrial publicity. So they were trying to prevent publicity, but that didn't. Obviously, with a crime this severe, um. You're not going to be able to prevent um, publicity. And then they had the Second Amendment um, order governing courthouse and courtroom um, conduct. Um, and then they had a notice of his hearing that was sent out. His initial um, appearance was on January 5th, 2023rd at 9.30 a.m. And then, obviously, they have the court minutes. Is basically what happened in court. Um, the hearing started at 9.43 a.m. The court noted the presence of counsel and the defendant and stated that the defendant is in custody. 9.44 a.m. The court advised the defendant of his rights. 9.45 a.m. upon inquiry of the court, the defendant stated that he understood. Court read the criminal complaint, charging the defendant with burglary in count one, murder in the first degree in count two, murder in the first degree in count three, murder in the first degree in count four, murder in the first degree in count five, and advised of maximum penalties. 9.49 upon inquiry from the court, the defendant stated that he understood the charge, penalties, and rights. Court noted that the defendant was uh, completed an application for attorney at public expense. Court appoint Ann Taylor. Upon inquiry from the court, Ms. Taylor stated that she has spoken with the defendant regarding a speedy preliminary hearing and moved to set the case for status in a week or two to make the final determination. Uh, Mr. Thompson stated that there was no objection. 9.50 a.m. Ms. Taylor moved to the court to consider bail to this matter but stated that she is making limited argument at this time due to being newly appointed. 9.55 a.m. Mr. Thomas presented argument on bond pursuant to code IC whatever what the code is. You know, it's a long number. Court remanded the defendant to the custody of the Latah County Sheriff without bail pending further order of the court. Mr. Thompson moved for the uh, issuance of several uh, no-contact orders. 
Miss uh, Thompson stated that he has spoken briefly with Miss Taylor, who has indicated that there's no objection. Miss Taylor confirmed that this is correct. 9.52 a.m. court reviewed no contact orders. The court stated that the defendant will be provided copies of each no contact order with each of their names. 9.53 a.m. court reviewed the terms and conditions of the no contact order. Court advised the defendant of the potential penalty should the defendant violate the terms of the no contact order. And then 9.55 a.m. the court issued each no contact order for a period of two years and stated that can be modified in the future as needed. So basically the reason why they put two years is because they just probably assumed that it was going to take about two years for the case to get resolved. And then once the case gets resolved in court they'll extend that. And then they did a request of um, discovery. They even did like order before that order changing time and, pre and preliminary status hearing. Let's see what the request of um, discovery. Okay, so basically what your attorney has the right to do is to get the evidence from the prosecutor. So it's basically um, them getting the evidence from the prosecutors, the attorneys um, inspect it and copy or photograph any relevant written or recorded statements by the defendant. And um, so they can review it and help um, represent their client. Any type of statement, any type of recorded, you know, written confessions or even like conversations that they had with them. Even if it's not confessions, but any type of conversations they're able to request of it. Any type of prior, uh, prior record. Um, like any type of criminal record, if you had any, um, documents and tangible objects, reports of examination and tests, um, permit the defendant to inspect and copy any results of reports of physical or mental examinations and of scientific tests or experience made in connection with a particular case that are in the possession, custody, or control of the prosecuting attorney or the existence of which is known or is available to the prosecuting attorney because of the exercise of due diligence, any type of state witnesses, any type of written statements, uh, list of the names, address, and phone numbers, and or other reasonable means of contact cell number, well, contact numbers or contact for all persons having knowledge of relevant facts who may be called by the prosecuting attorney as a witness at trial together with the NCIC report and a Spillman report of any such person. So basically they have access to all that information. Provide the statements by uh, made by the prosecution witnesses and prospective witnesses made to the prosecuting attorney of their agents or to any official involved in the investigatory process of the case. This includes statements to employees of all prosecutors' offices, witnesses, statements, coordinators, and all members of any law enforcement agency that has had any involvement in the matter. Expert witnesses um, provide a written statement or report of any testimony that the state intends to introduce. Any type of police report, digital media recordings, unredacted digital media, redacted digital media, search warrants, exculpatory 
Tory evidence, um, inducement provided to the de defendant all documents pertaining to the existence and substance of any payments, promises of leniency, preferential treatment, or any other inducements or threats made to the prospective witnesses, identification, evidence, Electronic surveillance, any camera footage or anything like that, any type of drug test, they have to provide copy of all documentation of that, any type of subpoenas, they have to provide um, copies of each and every subpoena that was issued. <laughs> and then the Sheriff Department... Um, Let's see what this is. Mm. This is the custody order. It's um, hereby order the defendant shall comply with the following terms and conditions upon release from custody. Must appear for all the hearings. Not violate laws. Not consume or possess any alcohol. Not consume or possess any controlled substance. Stay in contact with attorneys. Sign a waiver of extradition before being released from custody. Um, they not possess any firearms or weapons. Um, have no contact with the alleged victim. Or basically their family. Then on 112, uh, 2023, that a notice of appearance request comes now. Ann Taylor, public defender and pursuant to court appointment hereby appears for and on behalf of Brian C. Koberger, the above named defendant in the above entitled matter and request that a preliminary hearing be scheduled in accordance with the time limit set forth in Idaho um, criminal laws council hereby move is for a reduction of the set of um bail you know every attorney will try to get their bail reduced um the council was trying to move the court for an order shortening time for bond um she was demanding a speedy tr jury trial And then the state response to request for discovery and amended non-dismantation order, which I went through earlier before what it was. Defendant's response to request uh, to request for discovery. Um, let's see what that says. So they did um, submit a response to the plaintiff's request for discovery. There are no books, papers, documents, photographs, or copies or portions thereof in possession of the defendant at this time, which will be submitted at the time of trial. There are no results of reports, physical, mental examination, or scientific tests which are in possession of the defendant at this time. The defendant may use the results of reports of physical or mental examination or scientific tests which have been disclosed by the state in discovery materials. Defendant may also call witness people that were disclosed as a potential witness by the state. And that was signed on the 30th day of January, 2023. 
and then they had some appeals and um let's see defendants first supplemental request for discovery affidavit of the Latah County prosecutor so he was sworn in um basically he was describing who he was as an official elected prosecutor for Latah County and has served in that position for approximately 30 years. That's a long time. In that role, he's one of the attorneys representing the state in the above title matter. They had a lot of courts um, documents in between, like, um, random appoints and authorities, affidavit, um, okay, they had an objection to motion to appeal, amend and or clarify, amend non-dismission order. On fe uh, February 21st, the state's response to defendant's first supplemental request for discovery. And then on February 24th, they, um, had stipulation to unseal. Um, and then the February 27th, they had a notice regarding hearing date and motion. And then February 22nd and 7th as well, they had an order to redact and then seal. And then February 27th, they had a motion to seal court records. February 22nd, 7th, I don't know why I keep saying 22nd. They had a memorandum to unseal court records. Um, February 28th, motion to temporarily seal. And then they wanted to temporarily seal. Let's see what they wanted to seal. Oh, to release property and all related documents, including A, B, in this order, are confidential. So that they were requesting to seal a lot of documents and um, ev probably evidence, too. Yeah, and records. Okay. I don't need to go to, through that. Now, this is where it gets really interesting, okay? They were able to get a warrant in regards to some of the things that Koberger purchased at Amazon. Um, they're saying it was necessary to seal in part and redact the record related of the search warrant because of the documents contain highly intimidating facts or statements. Um, I'm reading this because this is a long document. So, basically, um, they had gotten a um, order to seal and redact, like, from Amazon, American Express, like, any purchases from Apple, um, from his AT&T cell phone company, his bank, uh, which was at Bank of America. Uh, I don't know what this banner ban is.
He said his documents contain highly intimate facts or statements, the publication of which would be highly objectionable to a reasonable person. The document contains facts or statements that might thereafter the safety or endanger the life of safety of individuals. Um, we're just stealing redact block or just stealing redact blue ridge knives. I guess he must have purchased them. Let's see where he purchased them if it says. I wonder if he purchased these knives on Amazon. Doesn't say, so we might have to wait until court until um trial for them to release that information. Um, they got a seal and redact from Charter Communications, um, Core D'Alene Police Department Forensic Lab, like they tested all this evidence, Discover Bank, Dropbox, eBay, Elon Financial Services, Idaho Central Credit Union, Idaho Department, um, Labor, um, Numerica Credit Union, so it's probably all these banks that he was, you know, purchasing stuff from Potlatch Number One Financial Credit Union, um, Umpaqua Bank, um, Wells Fargo's. Um, they had an order to redact and then seal on March 1st. Motion to appoint co-counsel, ordering appointing co-counsel on between the March 2nd and March 7th. And they got the Verizon Wireless um, records, Washington State University records, the DoorDash um, records, um, Extreme Networks, um, Seal and Redact on Google, Allen Cellular, Kabar Knives. Um, this is all done on March 7th. Um, Match Group, LLC. So they got one, two, three, four, five, and then on Facebook, um, they got one, two, three, four, five, six Facebooks, um, Moscow Police Department, Forensic Lab, PayPal, Venmo, um, Reddit, Snap, they got two, Reddit one, PayPal one, Snap, they got one, two, T-Mobile, they have two, um, you. UMPQA Bank. I don't know how to pronounce that, but anyways. Um, United Parcel Service. That's probably the delivery services of these items that he purchased to commit the crime. Verizon Wireless. They have two. Walmart, Yahoo, and Yik Yak Inc., which I've never heard of Yik Yak. And Google. So, so far, that is all the information for the state of Idaho versus Brian Koberger court record shows. But anyways, we'll go over some things now. Um, supposedly, Brian Koberger um, has a secluded life inside the jail. He's being held currently without bail at the Lataw County Jail in Moscow, Idaho, the same town where the four students were killed. The jail where the suspect is being held in solitary confinement and is located in the basement of the Lataw County Courthouse, which is reported by Newsweek. Um, he was charged with killing them all uh, and was being arrested on December 30th. We already discussed that. 
let me see when this is dated because it says that he was yet to okay this is march 18th so as of today he hasn't made a plea if he's guilty or non-guilty um supposedly according to his attorney he is eager to be exonerated based on the evidence in my opinion i i personally feel he's guilty um speaking to dailymail.com one inmate at the jail said Kohlberger follows his case obsessively on a television set inside his cell. The inmate said he watches himself all the time. It's really kind of bizarre. According to News Nation, Ashley Banfield, Kohlberger is able to choose which channel he wants to watch. In contrast to other prisoners who can only view what is selected by their jailers on a shared TV. A source inside the jail said Kohlberger receives mass every Sunday at 7 p.m. So I guess it's um, alleged that he got himself right with God, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's a great, a great thing to do because, you know, just because you commit a horrendous act doesn't mean that God will not forgive you for it. Just because man don't, God will. It's just the two of them. And no, I have no idea what they talk about. One prisoner who had seen Kohlberger being moved about and said he always has the same expression or non-expression. He just looks straight ahead. He's never seen his eyebrows or mouth move. He never says anything. I mean, I guarantee if you got an attorney, you're not going to talk to anybody. Um, they said that he's being very polite and hasn't made any trouble for anyone since arriving at jail. I remember when he um, first went to his first appearance that he has like a cut cuts on his face or chin or whatever so an inmate with knowledge of Koberger and Jill told them that upon setting eyes on Koberger for the first time in person it was a whole other image on television the description was that it looked like a toothpick a skinny toothpick on TV but the toothpick image on TV, according to the source of person, it looks like he is well over 200 pounds and that he is quite imposing. Koberger was a criminology graduate student and sometimes teaching assistant at Washington State University when the murders took place. Thank you for following me. I appreciate for all the follows. And, um... Everybody was asking if he committed any crimes in um, Pennsylvania. As the country awaits Brian Coburg in June, a lot in court in the Poconos, the Monroe County DA's office said it will be looking into the Pleasant Valley High School grad's past. Though our several interview requests over the last few months to follow up on that have gone unanswered. When we have crimes that are committed in the area, we have a regional crime information center that keeps reports. That's something used by Bethlehem Township Police, whose chief tells us once he found out Koberger went to DeSales University and Northampton Community College, his department also reviewed its records. No contact, no suspicious activity, and no unsolved crimes needed to be re-examined. We checked in with DeSales, too, which found no evidence of criminal behavior. Northampton Community College simply told us it has no information to share regarding allegations. State police cited the gag order for why it couldn't say anything more about Koberger and added it doesn't comment on or confirm the existence of any pending or active investigations. So despite a constantly swirling rumor mill, the big takeaway from what local agencies have gathered so far is... Nothing happened here. Houck says, of course, if anyone has any evidence of any crimes to report, 
reported and his office will investigate. In Easton, Priscilla Liguori, 69 News. So there was basically no evidence of any um, other crimes that was committed by um, Kohlberger based on what was told. Um, let me see if I can play the, um, time whenever him and his father was, uh, um, pulled over. But whenever they, um, went to his house, they seized a gun, multiple knives, black face masks, and gloves were among the dozen of chilling items that were seized from the Pennsylvania family home of Idaho murder suspect. Brian Koberger's search warrants unsealed Wednesday revealed Koberger's possessions were carted away by the cops from his parents' residence on Lamson Drive. Now, bright to deal on December 30th, the day of his arrest. Let me see if I, ooh, I think I got it going right here. Teen Nike sneakers. I'm trying to um, find whenever his dad was pulled over and they, they were questioned. Koberger's possessions were carted away by cops from his parents' residence. Um, the new search warrant made public Wednesday and obtained the post shows that the law enforcement officials took away from the home a Glock 22, 40 caliber handgun, and empty magazines, a Smith & Wesson pocket knife, and a third tailor cutlery knife in a leather sheath. They were searching for a rainbow-style knife, such a K.A. bar, which is Kabar, brand combat blade. It is unclear if the knives recovered were used in the crime. They collected the blast face mask and gloves from the home, multiple laptops, other electronic devices, including his cell phone and books, numerous dark-colored clothing items and shoes. Um, they took a motherboard, a Washington State University paper, I think it's paperwork, you can barely read the handwriting on this, a note from Brian from, I think, Ma Montana, um, a craftsman shop, medical, something medical, you can barely even read the handwriting on this. They got New Balance shoes, dark colored jackets. Um, let's see. I can't even read that. A shirt, like one, two, three shirts. Pants. It looks like two pants. Um, the gloves. How are they able to read these? I don't... Mm, that's so hard. It's 
So they got a criminal psychology book and other volume with underlining on page 118 along with a note to dad from Brian. So that must have been the letter from Montana and green leafy substance. Multiple documents were also taken from the home including medical records and Kohlberger's AT&T phone bill. Um, they searched his car and emptied everything out of there, including gloves, a shovel, goggles, floor mats, boots, and a reflective vest. They even stripped the sedan of its gas and brake pedals, seats, seat cushions, and headrests. Dang, they did everything to that car. Um, they got his... Under Armour underwear, a silver flashlight, and four medical style gloves. Um, they took a cheek swab to obtain his DNA. The warrants for Pennsylvania State Police prepared, which was signed off by the judge, listed the things they were looking for, which included blood or other bodily fluid and materials with blood on them, dark clothes and shoes with a diamond patterned sole, human or animal hair strands, documents and data compilation related to the four victims uh, of their home during a search of his Washington State apartment just a short drive from the scene of the murders um, they seized a mattress cover possibly stained with blood, human hair strands and a single glove Um, Brian left no fingerprints at the scene, but the only fingerprint that was find, found was a tan knife sheet, which was found on a bed in one of the rooms. So, I guarantee it, if he would have never left that there, he probably would have more than likely got away with his crime. You know, sometimes killers always make mistakes and, um... leave evidence behind so police in Pennsylvania observed Kohlberg was walking outside his parents home in late December and collected the trash which I discussed earlier and then they um, sent it to labs and they were able to detect that the knife sheath recovered from the site of the murders matched the DNA And then um, Cobra had contacted one of the female victims through social media multiple times in October, but she did not respond to him, according to an investigator close to the case who spoke to People magazine. And he's not back, um, due back to court until June 26. He obviously has not entered a plea as of yet, like I said before. But let me go through this and see what... Um, He slid into her direct messages on Instagram. If you waive your right to a speedy preliminary hearing, it does not mean that you're giving up your right to have a preliminary hearing. It simply means that you would not be able to come back and challenge that the state did not present probable cause within 14 days. Do you understand? Yes. Have you had enough time to speak with Ms. Taylor about your decision to waive your right to a speedy preliminary hearing? Yes. Do you need any additional time to do so? No. 
Then I will ask at this time as to the five counts, felony counts that were charged in the uh, criminal complaint that was filed on December 29th of 2022, are you waiving your right to a speedy preliminary hearing and agreeing that that hearing can be held outside the 14 day period? Yes. And Ms. Taylor, do you concur with his waiver? Okay, I All right, um, let me see. Okay, go to settings. I just thought maybe it would play the- Testing the speakers on- Oh, let me get that to quit. All right, let's see. Hi. So anyways, Ryan Kohlberger, he um, contacted one of the victims. Um, he repeatedly sent her messages on Instagram, um, which they never said who it was. But um, he messaged her several times and she didn't respond. So that is why I feel that it was a um, crime of passion. The anonymous source said basically it was just him saying, hey, how are you? But he did it again and again. And these messages were sent in October. They did not discuss and disclose which of the girls um, Koberger messaged. The messages from Koberger's account were sent around the same time the detectives claimed the suspect was stalking the victims. His cell phone data pinged in the same location um, as the four students in weeks bef before the murders. And he was attending um, Washington State University, which is about 10 miles from the University of Idaho, because he was pursuing a doctorate in criminology. Um, they're trying to say that they're not clear yet if, because of the fact that she didn't respond to his Instagram messages, that it was a motive for murder. I feel personally, you know, in my opinion, it was. I think it was a crime of passion. I think he wanted to talk to her. Um, I think that um, since she didn't want to respond to him, and it may be possible that he just was not smart enough to realize that um, she may have not seen it or seen the messages and he was getting really mad and upset because she didn't respond so he decided to commit the crimes. He was seen multiple times on the University of Idaho campus and um, Zana Carnoodle fought back against uh, Brian Kohlberger. Koberger's unyielding attempts to reach his alleged victim could be a symptom 
of Intel Complex, which the uh, former FBI investigator believes he suffers. It could be possible that he was really upset because of the fact that she wouldn't respond to him. But it may be possible she didn't see the messages. Um, she had the most stab wounds than any of the victims. So that pretty much lets me know that he was really mad and angry at her the most. Um, which could develop the incel complex. But his next hearing is June 26. Let me see if I can um, find the information about um, the dad uh, and him being pulled over. And let you guys hear that. Aha, here we go. Here's the SWAT team. Let's go with this. Reporting. Hello. How y'all doing today? Good, good. Take a look at your driver's license real quick if I could. See, he's right up on that van, man. Right up on the back end of that van, pulled you over for tailgating. Is this your car? Okay, cool. Where are you headed? Well, we're coming from WSU. And what's WSU? So we're okay. I, I'm having a hard time hearing you because of the traffic. So you're coming from Washington State University, yeah. and you're going where? Oh, we're going to be going to Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're a little, we're slightly punchy because we drive for hours, hours, days. Yeah. Okay. And what did you say about some SWAT team thing? Or yeah, something? there was yeah, there was the this mass shooting thing. and everything. Where? So y'all work at the university there? I actually do work there. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that incident. Just yesterday or? About an hour and a half ago, we're still wrapping it up for investigating. I'm not sure the solution is that they did shoot somebody. Let's see. And then we don't know about that actually. Well, Interesting. Wow. Okay. But do me a favor, don't follow too close, okay? All right. Thank you. Appreciate you. echoing let me know Let's see 
Karen Campbell joins us now. His father. A deputy pulled on the back end of that van, pulled you over for tailgating. Koberger's father tells the deputy. Interesting. Well, it's horrifying. Authorities said the shooting WSU on November County free to go. Koberger being stopped by a. Let me see. Um, second time. Hmm. We want to show you this. We have traffic stop, and in both cases, you need over for tailgating. Is this your car? Koberger said he's working on his PA following those murders. The University of Idaho is investigators say the guy was a plate number or even. So him and his dad were pulled over twice. Hello. How you doing? How y'all doing today? Good, good. Take a look at your driver's license real You right up on the back end of that van, pulled you over for tailgating. Is this your car? Okay. Cool. Where are you headed? Well, Coming from WSU. What's WSU? Ryan looks mad like his, his dad talking to the, the police. Oh. Oh, okay. We're a little, we're slightly much hours. So, so y'all work at the university there? Actually. And what did you say about some SWAT team thing? Or yeah, something? there was, yeah, there was the this. mass shooting and everything. Where? They're trying to talk about another Hello? crime that How happened. How y'all doing today? Good, he's good. really hoping Take that his dad, dad, the way he looks room. like, he's really hoping his dad you will stop right talking to him back so they can go. Hold you over for tailgating. Is this your car? Okay, cool. Where are you headed? Okay, so we're that. Um, the FBI denied that they were directing the Brian Kohlberger traffic stops for surveillance, um, like everybody says. Let me see if I can get this second one. Hello? How you doing? We want to show you this. We have new video of Brian. This is Kohlberger. Kohlberger told the days following police. So um, the next hearing is not until June 26th, I believe I said it was. So, um, what I'll do is, um, I'll make sure I keep everybody up to date. The reason why this podcast was so long is, um, because of the fact that I did not discuss this in the very get-go. Um, I had a lot going on at the time, so, um, I did not, um, make a live about it. And, um, they're saying that according to the psychiatrist, the murderer likely, which would be Brian, um, took sadistic pleasure in the suffering inflicted on their victims. 
He explained creating fear, terror, and or pain in their victims, which will increase the intensity of the pleasure derived from their acts, the intensity, personal, and unusually violent nature of the murders, which is a large fixed blade, such as the Kabar military-style knife, supports this. The process of hunting, stalking down the victims, culminating in violent homicides, um... They said that it is pleasurable to these individuals. Um, And it says analogous to the rush of narcotic drugs. Lemaroux emphasized that his comments were speculative, which obviously he can only give a speculative as information regarding the defendant is extremely limited at this time. He added the authorities have been uncharacteristically non forthcoming uh, with information, which suggests that they are very concerned about protecting the integrity of the investigation itself and the subsequent prosecution. When was this dated? Because it says that they do not have the knife. Oh, this was January 20th, uh, not, yeah, January 31st, so I think they got the knife in question, but. Speaking to New Nation, she said, I want to see him pay for what he's done. I'm not interested in a death penalty. That's not who I am. I don't believe in that, but I do believe he should spend the rest of his days in prison. Um, that's what Kara Canodal, the mother of Xena, said. I, I personally agree with that. I think that he should spend every day suffering mental torment, knowing that this is what he did. Um, let's see. I think that is everything that is up to date as of right now. Well, I'll have to check into, um, this other case that I'm just finding out about as well. There's a lot of crimes that, cases that I'm going to have to check into. So I have played the uh, I played whenever uh, the body footage showed whenever Koberger was stopped during. Oh wait, I think this is. Oh, I'm I'm now. Now. I stopped me when you were driving by me there. You're looking close to back at semi. You got, you got stopped by a trooper? Yes. Yes, We don't have any SUVs. It was a county guy. Was it like a black county SUV? Guy, yeah. Okay. All right. All right.
Okay. It's a long haul. You guys scared of airplanes? All right, well, hey, peace out, trip. Thank you, sir. That far. So what I'll do is I'll make sure I keep everybody up to date um, with what is going on with this case. And I'm going to go ahead and end it here. I'm sorry that it was so long and long-winded. I wanted to go over all the court documents that were currently going on with the case. I wanted to go over the affidavit, the arrest warrant, and everything, which is something I have not done. Um, and I appreciate everybody that stopped by and listened to this. And I hope everybody has a good day. And I want to thank everybody for the new follows.